Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast, a podcast for people that have known about Greta Thunberg and Extinction Rebellion for ages. My name's Michael Forrest. And I'm Ivanka Magic. And this week we're going to talk about Extinction Rebellion and probably a bit of Greta Thunberg as well. And some <laughs> other sort of like... So it's, it's, I think because it was Earth Day, I guess that was why there was so much eco stuff in the news last uh, yeah, last week. So we're just going to kind of talk about, reflect on on all of that, I think. So yeah, obviously, yeah, they set up in London and inconvenienced people for a bit and some got arrested, presumably. I didn't actually... I think yeah, Ivanka's probably lot. paying more Over attention a thousand. How much? It's obvious. What? Over a thousand people got, got arrested. arrested. Nice. <laughs> How's it going, Ivanka? Uh, it's going well. <laughs> I always start like that. It's going well. Um, sadly, well, unfortunately, or my child was sick for the first time ever in her little life last mm. weekend, which uh, brought to our attention how lucky we are that she's never been sick. Literally uh, sick in a sort of vomity way, but she's also not been ill. So I've realised she's never had a day off nursery or anything. She's never had any sort of like, I don't know something any infection anything like that but anyway so she was very sick and being very little and not being able to retain fluid we did have to pop her into A&E for a little checkup. Mm. Um how long were you there which we were there for three hours Brighton we were there for three hours mm. Brighton is a very has got a really good children's A&E so as soon as we walked, because I phoned 111 first because she had a vomity thing. I didn't really want to take her to a hospital because I thought if she, if it's a bug, we don't want her infecting people. But I had a chat mm. with that 111 and then they got a duty doctor to phone me. And he was like, mm, yeah, maybe take her to get her checked, make sure she's not dehydrated. Mm -hmm. And so, but as we arrived, we got straight into a room. So we were quarantined off. And then given some fluids and some instructions for how to get them down her. Okay. And frankly, I felt like a bit of a fraud because she was she just drank everything without being sick. But then we then we took her home, and then the next day the diarrhea started. Oh, lovely! So, uh, lovely. Yeah, I I did I confess, despite my desire to not waste things, I did cut her pajamas off her <laughs> because there was no way I was going to lift them over her head. Oh. But well, yes, anyway, sounds... she's, and then it was delightful. So the first time in her little life, she spent two days just lying down and barely speaking. Mm. It was quite weird for all of us. Um, but yeah, I remember so being was, young and really. like one of the first times I was sort of sick with, I guess, measles or chicken pox or something and going to be sort of stay at my grandparents house and um, being given like crisps and lilt and things like that that I'd never had before. <laughs> so, you know, being sick was it's quite a pleasant well, memory. <laughs> <laughs> we did discuss the fact, my mother and I discussed the fact that because um, we were giving her apple juice, which she, we don't buy fruit juice at home. We mm. don't really. So she, we had did the Diorolite thing and then 
as she got better, I was giving her apple juice. And basically, whatever she asked to eat, yeah. <laughs> she got. You know, I want to. We bought biscuit, dry biscuits, something that was a bit sweet. Da, da, da. And so my mum was like, oh, I think she's worked out that there are some fringe benefits to feeling really ill. In that you can sit there and demand <laughs> juice and biscuits um, and you get them. Mm. Uh, but. But then, uh, to her credit, she got given an Easter egg by somebody. Mm. And she had a nibble and it had Smarties in the middle. She had two Smarties, which she called chocolate buttons because okay. she's not ever had Smarties. And then she was like, mm, it's too sweet. Yeah. So I was like, yes. Yes. For now, like, yes. not immediately addicted to crack. <laughs> Sugar. But those things, like a Cadbury's, well, whatever it is, those Easter eggs are just absolute filth, yeah. aren't they? They are. Well, yeah, we tried, and then Nick and I both tried some. We were like, yeah, she's right. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. We had some... So it's sitting there staring at us. We were eating quite a lot of gelato when we were in... So I'd been away in a, in Italy for 10 days. We ate quite a lot of ice cream out there, which uh, is gelato, so it's, it's slightly different to normal ice cream. Sharon hates that. She was like, like some people are like, well, gelato is slightly, it's, it's, uh, it's a slightly different process to ice cream. She's like, no, it just mean, gelato just means ice cream. Shut up. So I always go, yes, this isn't as good as ice cream, this gelato. And she goes, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> but um, I think, I mean, there were, but yeah, it, it was, it was some good, uh, not too good sweet, sweet treats to be had. And we, um, yeah, I do. We spent... I, if it weren't for ice cream, I could probably give up cake, you know, cakey things, sweet things. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, we got some of these biscuits, the like almondy, just like that's got like slightly harder outside, like a crunch, but then a sort of soft almondy inside, and like sort of some powder, sort of um, icing powder on the outside, or whatever you call it. And I'm like, this is the best biscuit. This is, I've never had a good biscuit like this. So I've been, I've been, but the nice thing about that is that we've only got eight. So I sort of disciplined myself yesterday to only have two of them so that there's more for tonight. So, so you know, there's, there's just. Very grown up. Well, I, I, uh, been off the gym as well. So it's all been a bit like, oh no, am I causing problems? I did. Uh, I was back to the gym for the first time in a couple of weeks this morning and there was a little bit more uh, nausea than usual. <laughs> Just a little touch of, maybe I need to be a bit more gentle. Um, that kind of thing. But yeah, so we went down to Florence for a couple of days and Italy really does sort of beautiful, unspoilt kind of views, landscapes, cities. Mm. Gives good cathedral. We went up the uh, Duomo does. in there. Like, that is a, an amazing cathedral from the outside. Still, yeah. the Venice one was just outside and inside. You're like, wow, this is some money. There's <laughs> some money gone into yeah. this. Like every just details and details. The Florence one inside, I was a bit, yeah, it's not as good as Venice. But, yeah, some spectacular 360-degree views from sort of the top of the hill. And just it's all this sort of terracotta rooftops and just greenery and plant life and beautiful yeah. churches and it's just it's just uh, they they managed to keep it nice apart from like um, like safety tape that they don't seem it's like here's a beautiful landscape and here's some sort of slightly ugly kind of barriers that we've just thrown in so I just wish they'd sort that out and then <laughs> did they did 
did you end up seeing lots of Madonna con Bambini? A lot of like statues of sort of beautiful naked men. Um, mm. But like, so they're sort of, you know, they're, they're sort of naked, but they're always holding some sort of phallic object at sort of groin <laughs> level, <laughs> like a club. <laughs> like the symbolism of it. We're not going to actually give them, you know, they're not. We're not going to explicit make anything explicit. But they are all the naked ones. A lot of them are going to be holding these very suggestive clubs, just to uh, you know, you get the idea with that. Uh, and then, yeah, that was my main impression of uh, that area of Italy. I think being in the sun, though, for a bit, I think I was looking this morning, I'm like, I've got two forehead wrinkles that I wasn't really conscious. I think maybe just oh, getting a bit of God. sun is like, OK, those are now wrinkles in the forehead. You are an old, like I've been looking at the, 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 the what do you call it, crow's feet a little bit. I've been listening to a lot of, watching a lot of RuPaul, listening to RuPaul's podcast, and they were talking about, like, they call it, they call it the dentist, but it's really when, when you go for sort of collagen injections. <laughs> like, oh. Uh, and they do a lot of that. I'm not saying. Oh, yeah. I, I quite like my eyebrow. I've got a couple of eyebrow wrinkles from sort of raised eyebrows, kind of. Mm. And uh, especially because I, I think I often raise my left eyebrow without really knowing. Mm. So I've got these couple of lines. I quite like those. <laughs> like, yes. I've always thought um, I'm grumpy wrinkles, uh, yeah. but we'll see. I think that can be quite charismatic, <laughs> so fuck it. Well, it's just what it is. All right. I... Uh, I got some nice feedback from my uh, uh, the the fostering journey I designed, which I was quite pleased yeah. with. Apparently, apparently, and uh, it because I wasn't presenting the findings. I've sort of been working on this business case, and hopefully, the person that I've been building it for will will uh, will be will you know get it get it through. She's got the I think she's got the wherewithal to push it through the politics, but she. Um, she said, uh, one of the clients, she says, was actually quite emotional. She felt that Ivanka primarily had absolutely captured the essence of the service and what they were trying to do. Wow. Boom. Good work. Uh, so, you know, whilst I don't have the, I don't know, the requisite commitment levels to be a foster carer, given the opportunity to use IT to help them. Mm. I've done my best. That's good. I did have a, a meeting last week with I was I was sort of preparing in my head a list of things to like what 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 do I want to bring up on the podcast? There's lots of things to talk about, but I think I think a little nod to people IT folk who work in the public sector mm. and don't understand that their job is to create tools to help people delivering services mm -hmm. for them i wish no good what, what do they think <laughs> they their need, job is they just like they i don't know to put up barriers to <laughs> wield their power their oh, it dear. powers oh, we will prohibit apps without explanation yeah. we will sit there and go oh that, but that's hard no no my friends fostering is hard do writing what I code do. can Say, be hard work so, do what i do say oh that's hard but then do it 
complain about <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. but still Go, do oh, it. Complain all you like, but fucking build it, you villains. Okay, um, Extinction Rebellion. Who are they? Why do we suddenly care about... No, well, we've talked about Extinction Rebellion this week, but I think Ivanka can probably explain... So we, it. it's been a while you've been away. Mm. <laughs> you've met, you've you've missed. I've failed to be inconvenienced by any climate accident. You failed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have missed a glorious almost two weeks of consistent and creative and striking and impactful, peaceful, non-violent activism bringing climate change right to the front pages of all the newspapers excellent we have had gail bradbrook on good morning britain nearly in tears grieving for the planet with the people around with richard madeley asking her the most dumb fuck questions i have ever had the misfortune of witnessing but she held her he was just being, yeah, but what about the people being inconvenient? I mean, it was just, is this the way to do it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is, Richard. And if you'd let her answer the question, she will expect... And even, I can't remember the other woman's name, I gave her a shout-out on, on Twitter for going, no, hang on a minute, Richard. Um, now, mm-hmm. every, mm-hmm. you know, suffragettes, e- everything that's ever worked has involved... In fact, the suffragettes were quite violent. Well, I, had, I, I saw have... a radio interview with George uh, George Monbiot where the guy, the, the guy said... Uh, the suffragettes didn't break any laws and he was like what are you talking about (laughs) broke into parliament but they fucking smashed windows they learned jujitsu so that they could fight the police (laughs) kettling was invented for the suffragettes crazy you know i'm reading um, i'm reading a bloody brilliant women at the moment and i'm nearly halfway through oh have you seen that one wow no so got Bloody all this brilliant women. history through the lens of, uh, yeah, like difference of women that did really good stuff and just kind of focusing on that. Their impact on on sort of the Industrial Revolution, on the, in the First World War, and, and it's just all this, it's just lots of interesting, not all likeable, <laughs> like a lot of like no. mean, no. mean women, but, um, you know, getting stuff done. So, yeah, like, and some stuff, lots of the different factions of the suffragettes I'm starting to learn about yeah. now. So check yeah. me out, feminist. Factions is quite, yeah, factions is quite an interesting thing to bring up. So, but they, so it's been a week, it's been about 10 days, really, yeah. 11 days um, of, con, you know, really persistent and consistent action. Uh, my mother was upset she couldn't go, but her hip was too sore, so she couldn't uh, she just couldn't go. Mm. And I, as we've discussed previously, well, I still have... I have to say, watching G- Gail Bradbrook on Good Morning Britain and whatever it's called, seeing her a tearful... I still have this problem with if I overthink the climate... Or if I pause to think about the climate crisis... It's very easy for me to tear up. I feel very, I, I, I don't think I've come out, you know, like I, I feel like I'm in some ongoing grieving process for the amount of change that's going to be required for us to get over this. That doesn't mean that I'm pessimistic. It just means that I, I'm just, I can't, 
Uh, and in fact, this last 10 days has made me feel very optimistic because I feel like we are the, the, the right amount of action is happening and the right amount of attention and politicians, you know, Jeremy Corbyn has come out very clearly um, and understood, I think, and made a statement about climate change being a class issue as well, because it will always be the poorest in society who suffer the most. Mm. Um, Ed Miliband has been vocal. Diane Abbott. There's like a lot of politicians. Michael Gove has gone blah, 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 obviously, because, you know, uh, greenwash, greenwash, greenwash. But we've had... Oh. And then I was... Go on, sorry. Yeah, I had this little moment on the tube where I sort of saw a metro folded in half and it was like, go to Greta. And I was like, but that's all I could see? <laughs> I was like, Christ, what's it going to be? I, I just didn't want to like go over there because I had all my kind of bag, the bags from travelling. And, yeah. and then I sort of looked it up later and it was like, go to Greta, like, we hear you. And I was like, oh, okay, fucking hell. Yeah. Someone actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, for once, not just one of these fucking partisan Brexit-style reactions to things. Um, and, you know, but, for I mean, what it's, it's worth, quite, yeah. it was better than what I was imagining for, for an hour there. Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, he's, you know, they, she went to Parliament. I don't know if you had an opportunity to read the transcript or watch any of it, but literally at some point she's going, hello, is my microphone on? My Facebook. Can you hear me? Oh, you Facebooked yes. it. Exactly. But, but, you know, but obviously she was not getting a reaction. Yeah, well, that's... Like she's saying, I didn't know if that was... You know, you're ha- <laughs> it's like, hello, hello, did hello. you hear me? But I I was very lucky. We Nick and I went up on Monday and we saw her speak at... Well, it was a panel discussion. Uh, Greta Thunberg, uh, Anna Taylor, who's like the the young woman who is sort of one of the key organisers in their student climate uh, strike in the UK and Caroline Lucas um, and uh, they were it was brilliant um, Nick and I were the only people that turned up on a motorbike yeah. <laughs> the, the, uh, but you know we got there on time um, as a but, what, sorry, uh, as as opposed a bit of a push public transport public like we transport, were we were okay, like the so child's ill the... I got my mum to babysit I was like <laughs> but we literally like into London and out of London right, right. Um, but we uh, but Nick was like we, on the way out of that he was like I think it finally not finally because we had this conversation about whether we should both go and I said you know part of I was like maybe maybe you shouldn't go because you're doing you know where you're he listens to you know if I say we're we're you know, we're not eating meat at home or whatever. He's like, okay, cool. But, and I was like, maybe one of us should be, not really understand the full depth of it. So one can be really like, lighthearted about it. And the other one can be like, oh my God. But when we came out of the eight, it was a, it was a really good panel discussion, but Nick walked out of it going, right, when we get home, we need to sit down and make a plan mm. about how we can save the world. Um, so uh, it was, uh, it was nice. It was good that we went together. Mm. It was kind of, uh, but they were all, there was a couple of moments I thought that were worth, that were noteworthy. One was uh, uh, Caroline Lucas saying, you know, if we all stop for a moment and think about what, how, what, what the state the planet is actually in you know the state of the insect population the state of the animal extinction rate the state of the warming and then she went I mean 
fuck <laughs> that's what she said and then I was like and it, that was which was hugely human I thought because mm-hmm. it is like that um but then then you had also you know Greta Thunberg it's like whatever you asked her she's like I think we should listen to the scientists yeah. what should we do about this listen to the scientists we know Mm. what to do we just need to do it Mm. and she was the thing that came across to me about her was that she's she's hugely humble she's not she's not doing this because she wants some sort of profile Mm. she's doing this because she doesn't know what else to do yeah do you know? So it's yeah, like, yeah, we said like there she's, some, there's no ego there, is it? And that's kind of what no, makes her so magnificent. Is just that like she's <laughs> immune to that sort of like Trumpist bullshit. She's immune to all that because yeah, yeah, she's yeah. Like, look at the scientists. This many scientists think yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. These are the facts. Yeah. That this is a list of yeah. facts. Like this is yeah. It's it's so refreshing to just you know she's not susceptible to that stuff, and that's that's. Unbelievable, no. really. It's, well, I think I think one thing that did come up. One of the again, another I don't know, sixteen, seventeen year old in the audience put her hand up and asked a question. She's been she's been organising the climate strikes in Oxford, and she also uh, um, said that she was autistic. Mm. And she said, you know, do you think it's just easier for those of us who are neuroatypical? Mm. And Greta was like, yeah, we we see through the lies and. We're not really interested in the bullshit. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, everyone should listen to us because we don't care. You know, it's like, so uh, I thought that was quite a... Um, it, there were so many, so many good things have come out of the last two weeks that I think are, you know, I, I do hope that we are at a sort of turning point now. It's not, it's, it, it's going to need sustained action. It's not like, you know, shaking dust off your hands right that's it got on the front pages of the newspaper it's done but i feel like it's too loud it's getting too loud to ignore now well the one thing like so i i do worry that because it was it was earth day so it was in the news for that and everything was happening around that uh, and I, I do earth day came at the end right yeah but so I, even I'm so it's sure like it's, it, i don't know if they yeah. scheduled it for, but like to keep it in the new i I don't know that we're safe. I don't know that it's now going to be always in the news necessarily, but like we'll see. But what I was very um, encouraged by was that The Guardian are now putting what, like carbon pollution, whatever, like some carbon indicator in the weather forecasts every day now. So that's sort of, you've got to do something that reminds you every day because that's the only way, rather than it being like this sort of spike of news, which, you know, I know it's been two weeks, but. You know, then if we yeah. get back to Brexit so, and Trump and that sort of thing, then that's my worry. Sadly, that that carbon well, not sadly, that carbon thing was pre pre this. Okay. the The thing that's changed is that I don't know if you remember a few two or three weeks ago, maybe three or four weeks ago, there was a Caroline Lucas asked uh, a climate. Uh, there was a climate debate scheduled in Parliament, mm. and only maybe. 12 MPs turned up. It was a really, Mm. really shamefully low turnout. I think uh, Greta Thunberg going to Parliament, speaking to MPs directly, being acknowledged in Parliament, Mm. I think it's not... And Caroline Lucas said this interesting thing. It's just this weird... because, Because climate change is such an existential 
crisis. Mm. Um, many of us don't really want to confront and understand that it's happening. So that be, understandably. And so therefore, we're not putting pressure on government because we're kind of, well, government's not talking about it. So therefore, it can't be that serious. Yeah. So I'm going to ignore it. But government won't talk about it because we're not talking about it. And it's in this vicious yeah. circle of unless you put pressure on politicians to talk about it, they won't talk about it. But if they're not talking about it, we don't worry about it. Yeah, and then we're not talking about it because it doesn't sell newspapers and it doesn't sell, it doesn't make things you want to click on on Facebook. It's like, oh, no. No. So someone has to put the fucking big boy hat on or whatever. (laughs) Someone has to wear, like, (laughs) step up. Put their big girl pants. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what was that? Theresa May May didn't turn turn up. up. Right. So cool. Classy. I'm too busy with yeah, Brexit. And, uh, but but the, one of the newspapers that is really going for it, aside from The Guardian, is the FT. Right. Which I think is very interesting. They've had mm. a couple of really good cartoons. Mm. One with, I don't know if you saw it, with the planet, with Extinction Rebellion pushing from one side and the oil, you know, oil yeah. trucks pushing from the other side. I thought that was... Excellent cartoon, and they've they've interviewed founders. They've got them on a podcast because you know the Bank of England. A lot of the like um, Delton had said in his email to you as well. Like the Bank of England have made a a stronger statement than that speech we shared a little while Mm. we spoke about a little while ago. So Mark Carney has spoken. I mean, it it is a crisis, and unless we Mm. start behaving like it's a crisis, we're fucked. Edit. Cool. Greta said, I did actually take notes. I was trying to listen. I was going to tweet and then I just didn't want to tweet because I wanted to listen. Mm. And so I took, but she wrote things like, um, she's like, we can't be a little bit sustainable. Right. Because she's got a big problem with greenwashing. She's like, you know, you either are. Can you define greenwashing for me? I've not heard Oh, greenwashing is um, uh, we are. Uh, a multi-billion pound oil company, but we put aside a £200,000 stipend every year for scientists to discover, to to research alternative fuel sources Mm. or, um, you know, like... Like PR, like uh, eco-PR for these companies that are doing all the damage. Yeah. It's like BP have changed their logo to be all flowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that gross? Look at us. We're all about all, you know, so it's that sort of let's pretend we're green when we're really not. And there's just... I, I, I... I told you I was at this trustees meeting this morning. We were there to discuss, you know, quite a serious HR matter. But two of the trustees are founders of this first organic supermarket in the UK. Mm. They're, you know, they're cool old dudes. Mm. And they, we were talking about the fact that at the moment, like, there is a divide. We are truly divided at the moment um, on along these lines of. Depressingly, I saw, I don't know if you saw it, I saw a, a petition yesterday where 30,000 people have signed a petition to get McDonald's to bring back plastic straws because you can't, it, they're, they're, 
paper straws are sort of disintegrating if you try and drink your McDonald's milkshake through them. I'm like, first of all, drink out of the cup. <laughs> You're well. fucking grown up. <laughs> it's, like, it's not the same. It's like <laughs> I saw. I saw like a. Did you post that thing? Like a metal straw. I was like, I'd be scared of a metal straw. Yeah, I'm scared of a metal straw. No, I didn't post it Mm. because I've been tempted because my little girl, you know, she loves straws Mm. and the paper ones, you know, everyone likes a straw. You can blow bubbles in your... I used to have a a washable plastic one when I was a little girl. My mum bought me and my brother one each, which was like a spiral. Yeah, yeah, we had yeah. them for ages, and you could like watch the drink come up. And when you're a grown up, you get to have cocktails which have two straws, one bent down. Yeah. That's part of the look. You know, the umbrella, <laughs> couple of straws, some flowers, exactly. chili so, pepper. But I'm terrified of buying her a metal straw. <sighs> she just looks like a weapon. <laughs> yeah, no, she's not getting one. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this uh, yeah. the the the, the uh, yes. And but also, yeah, George Monbiot, I, that 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 video I shared, I'll put it in the link. But him sort of saying like, we, enough of this micro consumerist bollocks. Like that's not going to solve yeah, the problem. Yeah. We're pissing around the no, margins no. of the problem. And until industry's set up, and, and until we basically take down capitalism and its yeah. addiction to growth against all else, he talks about three yeah. percent growth a year is a doubling. Every 24 years. Yeah. Are you nuts? <laughs> and it's absolutely right. yeah, trashing yeah, it's the just... planet. It's trashing our brains because everything is geared yeah. towards advertising to us on Facebook feeds and making that as addictive as possible and using up a, as much of our spare attention to make money from until there's none left. Um, yeah, like without basically taking down capitalism, it's hard to see a way of... <laughs> it's just plastic straws. No, well, what's that? Plus, yeah, but I mean, I, I, it's. Blah, 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 blah. I think it's. I think it is. I'm gonna leave one of those a in. Very one day. interesting time. Sorry. I'm gonna leave one of those in one You're day. You're gonna leave one in. Blah, 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 get my. That's me getting my words straight. Because <laughs> uh, about five things. What happens is about five things come into my head at the same time, and I have to pick one. Um, couple of things. <laughs> the, uh, I think. We our biggest saviour is going to be us thinking like a cooperative collective. Like it cannot be selfish. We can't get over this if we're selfish. Because I think the thing with the focus on carbon, one thing we cannot forget is that without the bees, there's no food. Insect, the, you know, the the, de- the decline in an insect population is extremely dangerous to us as humans. We live on this planet that is a an ecosystem that needs all its bits to work, and so I think the sort of the the thinking more as a as a big global community is going to be vital because the, the interesting thing about carbon sinks like big forests is that they don't they, they don't have to be localized a carbon sink a mass that's why the amazon is so mm. important to the whole yeah. world is like a big forest is a big forest it doesn't matter where it is we are it, it works for all of us um I but you know, what's depressing about all of this is that I got taught that in school. Yeah, no, we like, all got fucking thirty-five taught this in years fucking ago. School. Like, it's like so long ago. It's, 
I, do, I just I just keep coming back to like seeing the like a rerun of like episode one of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and it being like eco environment. Like there was all it was just in there, and it was like, it's like what happened? What, what we just... have we been doing? <sighs> yeah, it, it, there is a depressing thing about like somebody posted yesterday. Like, when should you start worrying about climate change? Like nineteen eighty six. You know, we, we knew, we knew. I mean, I mean, I know that Michael Jackson is not a uh, uh, acceptable figure these days, mm. but because my daughter's become slightly obsessed with him, I have had to rewatch all his videos yeah. and all those things like Earth Song yeah. and all that. They're like, you know, they're a big, big deal. And like, you know, he there was like, and that's twenty years old now, twenty five, thirty years old. It's like, come on, it's fucking capitalism. For and um, like Mark Fisher. The late Mark Fisher said it's easier for us to imagine the end of humanity than for the en- us to imagine the end of capitalism, which, like, that's terrifying, right? It's one way yeah. of looking at things and it's just not, like, GDP growth is not the way we should be looking at things. No. Um, but just to take no, you back no, to, no, you know, no. the insect population, uh, we, we, there yeah. was, um, insects are a bit gross, let's face it. Butterflies. Yeah, yeah, loads of them are. Yeah, yeah, Butterflies, yeah. Sharon, butterflies, is particularly anti because they, they, you know, they're, really? they're, oh, they're, they're not beautiful. They've got horrible little antennae and they get in your face. <laughs> so she's like, if there's a butterfly, she's like, <laughs> like, all right. No, it's gone. Is it on my back? No, it's gone. Um, and I'll, uh, but we watched uh, one of the most disturbing um, couple of minutes of TV ever. <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> finale. They have to do it like a lip sync. They have to do a dance. And there's been this sort of escalating arms race of like things you do, like throwing stuff in the air and glitter and like uh, transforming dresses. And it's it's sort of got bigger and bigger and bigger and all these different moves. And one of these uh, queens, um, she had these sort of like long boobs <laughs> like this and like these big watch things. And then her big reveal was going to be she took off the... Uh, took off the watch thing and some butterflies were supposed to fly out. Some live butterflies out of this dress that was all butterflies. Look, but they had these close-ups and the butterflies were just died. like twitching, not moving, and dying. And there was all these close-ups. Oh, and the audience shots going... <laughs> and then she sort of kept persevering with all the different ones and it was just all these dead butterflies. <laughs> it's, it's the worst thing I've seen since uh, the guy gets his skull crushed in Game of Thrones. <laughs> like with someone's bare hands. Like, it had the same reaction. It was like, what is happening? And it wasn't like explicitly um, called out like oh, in what God. they were saying on stage, but you were just like... And they're dancing around, tumbling around this stage. And you're like, there are so many crushed dead butterflies there. <laughs> so, ah, oh my God. <laughs> so say, but we need to save them from drag queens. Blimey, I never expected that f- front to open on in the war of survival. Um, OK, back to uh, I'm just trying to interject a little bit of, uh, you know... Light-heartedness. Light, some light-hearted Good. stuff into this doom, because it's doom! Existential. 
I've got um, I've got some beautiful, but then, but yeah, you know no. I came away from. Let's um, hear the positive stuff that so you're excited was, about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I am. Uh, I think I'm positive about the general energy around this. I think mm. the general energy, the not being in the background, the. Um, you know, we're in this. We've got to do this. We have got to do this. I insist. <laughs> my right. my sister said, though, it's on... We were talking about it yesterday because we were talking about the fact that I kind of half wanted to go... There was an ex, um, Extinction Rebellion meeting in Brighton last night and um, Nick had to do a photo shoot, so I would have had to book a babysitter. And I was like... But, and I was like... I don't. I want to go, but I don't want to go because I think I'll just cry. Mm. <laughs> and Lydia's going, look, Ivanka, the good news is it's on everybody's mind. Mm. You know, her foster kid came home from school yesterday, day before. I mean, obviously he's been at the climate marches, but he's like, uh, he came home and declared a sort of, you know, we must not eat meat anymore mm. at home. Um, sort of, you know, like she said, there's nobody, she said a couple of years ago, it's like where it was sort of, it just wasn't as mainstream. Yeah. Well, even Burger uh, my King fear, have got though, a veggie burger now, haven't they? Yeah, loads yeah. of places have got vegan and vegetarian options now. And it's not really, it, I mean, I know Brighton is a mm. slightly, and London mm. is a slightly sort of anomalous city. But, you know, Subway, I think, have got a vegan sa mm. sandwich now. Do you know what I mean? It's like... If if it's starting to be all these mainstream places, it's just more in your face. Yeah. I think. So it's, is, it's yeah, it's meat but the and the, yeah. high fructose corn syrup. If we can, if if we could get those under control, that would make a huge difference. But just think how healthier we'll all be. Yeah. Like you know, we are not meant to consume either food nor things at the nor information at the level at which we're consuming them. You know, that's not it's not healthy. It's also, it's also hypercharged as well. Everything's hypercharged. The food you get, this kind of like processed food, is this hypercharged. It's got so much sugar in it, so much salt. Like it's not, and then it's addictive, and it's just like just you just have to like take a one day, just say no to ice cream even though you want it the next day you won't want it anymore because it's kind of intense and a bit like it makes you a bit prickly yeah, 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 yeah. and just say no to meat because it makes you tired after you eat it it sits in your stomach for hours and hours and hours, just like slowly rotting and makes you tired it's energy to just digest it and it's just like, I just can't even I just can't even do it well, anymore. I, 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 know. No. <laughs> I know we don't did, want to get into the I, yeah. I just did taste I, the deadness now yeah. through the herbs and the flavourings. <laughs> I just taste the deadness and I'm like, I don't want the deadness. You know, obviously no, the plants are dead too, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, but not in the same same way. Um, I was. I don't know if I told you before that because we get this restaurant magazine delivered to the house and um, that had a whole article about sustainability couple of months ago i can't remember if i mentioned it on the podcast but part of it was that basically we need to change the structure of a plate of food mm. so restaurants for them they, they it's not a it's an interesting part of the conversation about how to change to more sustainable food given that meat is just not sustainable on a scale um but they spoke about the fact that 
uh, humans can't process more than 85 grams of protein. So therefore, you know, and if you think about it, steaks are often, you know, 400 gram steaks. Mm. And they were like, you've got, we've, if all the restaurants changed the structure of the plate of food, so it had an 80 gram steak, Mm. and then the rest was, you know, imaginative vegetables, you've, you're you're becoming more sustainable just by this this reduction idea you know like we can't the the we don't all the absolutism is very hard to achieve but if you start making people make steps towards just reducing everything but, then, but that, um, that sort of makes it sound know. like it's a sacrifice and i i which i i just think some nice i don't think so the way they sacrifice. spoke about it's a treat for, you know it's nice just imagine some nice veggies, all nice and you know. Well, no, the but same that, as the but meat. I don't. Th- I don't think have to be a sacrifice. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I don't think they were presenting it. So it was like anything over eighty grams is a waste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you know, yeah, stop so flogging people a four hundred pound, four hundred gram steak because they're and what you about know, they're just those American the, steaks not, that they do. Those, those all like, you can eat meat come here and eat this like, like eight. 5 ounce steak and no, then if no you can eat it you can have it for free no one should put that in their body don't put that in your body people it's, it's not good it's like something twice the size of your stomach <laughs> chew it up chew 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 and then it's in there Ooh, chew, lovely chew, chew. <laughs> So, so the two things that consumers can do, apparently, uh, according to George Monbiot, the things he said when he was talking about micro-consumerist bollocks and all the plastic straw stuff and earbuds and that kind of thing, he was saying, like, stop eating meat and stop flying. So we're sort of one of each. Um, but I... Do you know, I've been living... So I've got this fucking thing at the moment, which is I've been... I want to, I'm so grateful to Sharon for like kind of, I've been promising her a holiday to like East Asia for ages. And finally this month I've had the money to do it. And now I'm like, am I, I don't want to not do this. I don't want to not go to Hong Kong and Tokyo. I don't want to not. (laughs) Why are you telling me I can't go to fucking see the world because I'm going to destroy it. It's not fair. That is a, you know, what 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 it what's your advice to me as a you know, hardline activist? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very. I think the flying just give thing me is give you. Yeah, you may go. No, I think it is a. Uh, so flying can't be uninvented. Uh, the desire to travel can't be un, you know, uncreated. There are I a great many social benefits to that sort of travel as well. Let's not absolutely. forget that. Like, but absolutely. Yeah, I think I my my sister and I had a conversation about this yesterday when we were having a, you know, oh my god, it was going to end. She's like, well, no, it isn't. And then we flipped, and she talked about her stuff. And we talked about children and how uh, she's going to change the laws um it's just a different topic um but it's like okay so what so you know so part of the extinction rebellion 
demands is that they want a citizens' assembly. And their definition of a citizens' assembly is you get together a randomly selected 1,000 people, experts sit in front of them and present solutions. Let's say, you know, you have a a, a pro-fracking scientist and an anti-fracking scientist or people who understand blah, blah, blah. You have a few experts in a thing, uh, but from a scientific point of view, not yeah. a making money point of view, yeah. or maybe economists, whatever. And then given they, they first become educated on a topic and then they are asked to vote about how we would like to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you were present at a citizens' assembly about flying, um, so some of the solutions m- that might come out of it is that flying internationally becomes rationed. Okay. So... Let's say so. If you if you take it from a and this was part of what Lydia and I were talking about yesterday is like, would it be such a terrible thing if you're going to do a long haul flight? You're allowed one in five years, one in ten years. What would be you know like so you can still do it, but there are only X number of flights allowed in the world in a year. There's a cap, and in order so if for example you've got a sick relative who lives far away, you you're then can make. You know, it's an exceptional circumstance um, flight that you can make or you're allowed one short haul flight a year or I don't know. So, I mean, if if you think about it, like in terms of your own personal carbon footprint, um, and because I've been thinking about it in terms of mine, because I have taken a flight this year and I try really hard just to stick to one a year. Mm. And I, I tried to do the trains and I couldn't work out the sun, blah, blah. And it was just going to be, it was too much bother, mm. despite my, and it was a guilt-ridden trip, but I flew. And it's like, but, you know, I, I'm not exaggerating either. I really do agonise over these things. But, you know, I've, I've uh, but, you know, and then, so what else do I do in my life that sort of compensates my own personal impact? Or uh, I, you know... It's hard to know uh, if we don't know the actual numbers as well. Like, what, what, what does this? What is this the equivalent of? Like, because we were talking about this, it was like, so by not by what is what is the carbon? Yeah, well, I think you knew these numbers. Like the carbon benefit yeah, of driving uh, to Croatia it, versus versus flying there was. I it, think you had some numbers. It's, it was so at the flight was something like. I don't know, 127 units mm. versus 26 units right. of car or something. Like, it's significant. Um, I think when I when you do those WWF carbon calculator things, mm. uh, they talk about your... Um, they don't... They actually don't ask you to uh, include flights for work. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure I've mentioned this Well, this, this is what before. I was like, so can I do flying? the loophole of just getting some work out there and then I don't have to put it into my carbon <laughs> profile? That. But, then, but then if you listen to Catherine Cahoe, Catherine Hayhoe, that uh, uh, climate scientist that I, I share her quite a lot on Twitter, I quite like her because she's, she's a Christian and a climate change activist. And I find that she's... Uh, Catherine... Is spelled Catherine. It's a K, and her surname is H A Y O E. Um, Because she's a Christian and a climate scientist, she's quite handy to roll out where the Christians, (laughs) when the Christians go all climate denial. Oh, I've got to throw in a favourite. Greta Thunberg moment from that talk because it, okay. it was a panel thing. Hi, Greta. Um, da, da. How do you deal with climate deniers? I don't. 
Exactly. It's like, That's it, isn't it? It's like, well, it's hard when they are the president. But, but okay. But yeah. yeah, just don't. I guess. But yeah. Oh, yeah so so uh, so, <laughs> so I don't enter into conversations. So she's like, I, you know, if you uh, think, then I've seen her somewhere else talk about the analogy of like you can't deny that the heart is pumping blood. Mm. It is a fact that the heart pumps blood. Yeah. Anyway, um, so 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 Catherine Hayhoe talks about when she flies because she said I understand the 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 sort of irony of me as a climate change I'm going around giving talks on why we must take climate change seriously but I'm flying and she said what she does is try and group talks so she's gonna go somewhere she'll try and fit in as many talks in that location as possible she's tried replacing with video links where possible Mm -hmm. and some people don't want to go for it some do so it's it's a um on a personal level you not get it you know maybe the question is different like what what would you what would you not do instead so you fly you do your hong kong and tokyo trip okay how are you going to make up for that yeah and here's 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 maybe i I just want to write i just want to have a like a here's my jar of carbon debt that i've just like created that i can't ignore but also like here's well and here's the conundrum i've had it's like Looking at the prices, it's pretty expensive. And we sort of like look, yeah. did a lot of research. We're looking around. It was like, actually, it's fair deal cheaper to just go to Hong Kong. Then we can stay somewhere nice and come back. But then I'm thinking, yeah, but I still want to go to those other places. So am I just, you know, deferring? And then I've got, if I'm just deferring it two to trips. like next year or something, then that's two trips. Yeah. And really, like, that's just, I need to kind of just cough up the extra cash so that we're not flying back and the whole way there and back twice and then around i need to actually probably and then if it is about carbon offset it's like it does probably mean spending a fair chunk more money but at least then the actual kind of net carbon emissions will be a fair bit lower and i think that's what i have to do really if i'm going to do it you know yeah, go for a month instead of two weeks or whatever. Oh, go do a big trip. <laughs> like three weeks, do it next yeah, yeah. year. Just have a, yeah, but um, I mean, Nick and I spoke about this. He was like, when we left that thing last Monday and he said, uh, he said, you know, what do you think about us flying a motorbike to Alaska mm. and then flying it back? And I was like, I have thought about it. And I was like, well, but then we spent a year Travelling really slowly, <laughs> really like, and it had for us as a as a couple of people who, you know, always had done things like we had organic veggie boxes before we went, and we had you know milk delivered in glass bottles, yeah. and blah blah blah. But going and living for a year off a motorbike massively changed our shopping habits, for example, and our awareness of. You know, so traveling has this connection this to the environment. That or connection it does. To, and we lived in, yeah. you know, yeah, we would live it because, oh, that was another great quote from Caroline, which I must look up because she was quoting somebody else. Uh, she was talking about the need for children to be taught about nature is because she said we won't we won't protect what we don't love and we can't love what we don't know. OK. So if you, you know, if you understand and you feel connected, she was quoting somebody else. I was going to look it up um, because she said to quote. Takes us back to RuPaul where, uh, you know, some of these queens, they're (laughs) closed off. They're not showing themselves and you can't fall in love with someone that isn't vulnerable. It's like that for nature. (laughs) 
It is. And on that, <laughs> so you. <laughs> that's the end of the episode, Rebecca. <laughs> Okay, thanks for thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe. If you haven't already, <laughs> subscribe. Go to grandpodcast.com and subscribe. Or if you listen to it in Apple Podcasts or whatever, hit subscribe on there so that you get next week's. Um, where can people find you, Ivanka? People can find me at Ivanka on Twitter. You can find me at michaelforestmusic.com, blankstate.org. Uh, um, on Facebook, on YouTube, go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Michael Forrest. Used to be just forward slash Michael <laughs> Forrest, but something happened and I don't have that anymore. So don't just go there because you're going to get some loser and not my Wee. very fertile and rich, exciting YouTube channel. Uh, what else can people do? People can write us some review. Well, actually, email us, hello at grandpodcast.com. Mm. Write us some reviews. Tweet at us. Um, reviews and ratings really, really help. Telling your friends really, really helps. Um, in subscribing your friends is really helpful too. And generally, just send, send us some feedback because we do like to know what you think. Excellent. That's, especially if it's good. Uh, ideally it will be good <laughs> um, yes and yeah recommendations did you say that give us some rec- I mean not that we've got any bloody time yeah. to- I did get some reading done while I was away so I've read yeah bloody brilliant women a bit more I'm getting through uh, bullshit jobs hopefully I can get on to and I started Kate Raworth's book properly as well but you know, that's kind of like sitting there waiting to be finished yeah um, yeah and the more we can read the more we it's the good thing is the stuff More. that we talk about on here I keep seeing popping I don't know if I'm just Facebook is my bubble is just all about this stuff now or if it is actually everywhere but then if I see in MNS there's newspapers that are saying this got Greta on the front I'm like okay that's reassuring but yes anyway so yeah, yeah the more we learn the more we yeah, the more we all I don't the know, better we feel this is, uh, stupid <laughs> um, thanks for listening bye 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 bye, bye. <laughs>